0: But I believe this is what God would have us do this morning. Ephesians 3 and verse number 13. The Bible said, Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that you may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the bread. Depth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning in Jesus' name, God, that you would touch us these next few moments. Lord, we need to hear from heaven this morning. We need you to take your word. Word and speak to our hearts this morning. I pray God that you'll meet every need that's represented. Lord, as it's already been said, if there's somebody here lost, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. If there's somebody here backslid, God, I pray you'd warm their heart. God, bring them back to a place of repentance. May they get right with you and renew their relationship and get back on the firing line for the glory of God. Lord, strengthen those that are discouraged. I pray God you would encourage the uh, those that are discouraged, and Lord, help the weary this morning. And we'll love you and we'll praise you and we'll thank you. For we do ask it in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to draw your attention to this passage of scripture this morning and we know that here in the book of Ephesians that this is the second prayer uh, that the apostle uh, Paul prays for the church at Ephesus and what we find out about the apostle Paul uh, in the book of Ephesians is two very important things. Number one, uh, Paul was a praying man and number two Paul was a church man and I think that every man ought to be a praying man and he ought to be a church man. Isn't that right? And Paul was a praying man man and Paul was a church man and Paul emphasizes the church in every chapter and I thought about how the Spirit of God leads us sometimes in preaching. Uh, Just sometimes I'll preach a series, sometimes I won't preach a series, sometimes I'll start a series and I'll stop a series. However uh, God leads but I thought about him these days. I had no intentions on preaching through the book of Ephesians but the Holy Spirit led me that way and I want you to note this this morning that it's not by chance or circumstance. I'll tell you why we're living in a time when little emphasis is being put on the church. Isn't that right? I mean, people are being encouraged to stay home from church. and uh, there's a The numbers have fallen across the board about church attendance, those that have sought for reason, to a good reason to, to miss church. And I'm not talking about people that may be sick this morning. I'm just talking about across the board in our nation. Church attendance is declining uh, and reasons are being given to stay home. Uh, and it would be like the Holy Spirit Spirit, uh, to just lead us to preach uh, uh, through an epistle that emphasizes the church uh, in every single chapter. Isn't that right? And what we have here this morning is Paul had been with these Ephesians for a long time. He was responsible for leading them to Christ, uh, for training them in the gospel, and for encouraging them as a church body. You know, that's the responsibility of a pastor. He's to be an evangelist, to do the work of an evangelist. And that means to spread the gospel, to preach the gospel in the community. He's to encourage the saints of God and he's to help strengthen the church. That is his responsibilities but amongst everything else he's to be a man of prayer. Can I get a witness on that? I'm not telling you that I pray like I should but I'm telling you that I realize that's my responsibility that if I do all these other things but I don't pray, then it's of no avail. Isn't that right? And Paul is praying for the church And so I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on the pastor's prayer, amen? The pastor's prayer, because that's what we have here. Paul is bearing his heart in these verses when we get to verse number 14. But I want you to note verse number 13 by way of introduction, because it shows us three things about the apostle Paul. Number one, it tells us about his desire for the congregation. He said, wherefore, I desire. Paul has a desire here for this congregation at Ephesus. What is it, Paul? He said that you faint not. Amen? You see the desire for the apostle Paul is that the people of God would not faint. I want to tell you my burden, my desire in these days is that the church would go on. Amen? I don't want to just see us get in survival mode. Somebody say man, right there. I don't want to see us just exist. I don't want to see us a year from now or five years from now. Why? our brow and say well we made it through the pandemic or the plandemic no uh, I tell you I'll tell you what I want to see us do uh, I want to see us make progress amen for the glory of God uh, I want to see us carry on uh, I want to see us march on uh, and I do not want to see us faint uh, in these last days amen that's why we uh, constantly are trying to uh, listen just keep pushing forward amen and we've got to in these days uh, because that ought to be the desire of every pastor for congregation is that they would not faint. Amen. That's why I pray for you. That's why I try to encourage you and I know you do me and I appreciate that because I need it just like you do. I don't want to faint in the day of adversity. Amen. I don't want to throw in the towel. You don't want to neither. And when you see somebody in this church uh, uh, falling by the wayside, be an encouragement to them. Go by and give them a word of encouragement and strength. and uh, uh, Listen, don't push them down and don't put them down, uh, but encourage them to keep on keeping on. Amen. You know, it's one reason why as a pastor, I don't get up and talk about COVID on Sundays or Wednesdays, somebody say amen. (laughs) Because I've seen the effects going up and down this this nation. What it does to a congregation, there's people sick every week with COVID somewheres. You know that? You come in contact with somebody and I do too every week. But guess what? God's gonna take care of us. Isn't that right? We can't faint because of it. And we can't dwell on it. We can't focus on it. We can't focus on the media. We can't focus on our nation. I don't tell you, I'm upset about it as much as anybody. And I agree 100% with what Brother Danny I taught this morning. And there's no quitting me. There's no rollover and give my freedom away. I don't care. Listen, that's not in me. It's never gonna be in me. I'm a red-blooded American. And I believe in standing up for what's right. And I believe that till I die. Amen? And just like he taught this morning, that's why I thank God I own a gun. Somebody say amen. Don't get quiet or bow your head because I said that. If they come to our house, guess what? And they got a gun, we're gonna get our guns. Amen. And listen, you say, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna shoot till I see Jesus. Amen. But that's a whole lot better than being locked up in a concentration camp. Amen. I'm just telling you, friend, that I believe that and I'll believe that till my dying day. But I'm telling you, I don't want to faint as American, but more so, I don't want to faint as a Christian. Hallelujah. In his desire for the congregation, his difficulties because of the congregation. Notice what he said in verse number 14. He said, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not. Notice this at my tribulations. Paul said, church, I don't want you to get weary and weaken your faith because you see what I'm going through. Why was Paul going through tribulations? Why was Paul facing difficulties? I'll tell you why. Because of what he wrote about in chapter two when he talked about the Jews and the Gentiles being on the same level and the middle wall of partition being broken down and that now that Gentiles are no more strangers and foreigners, but we're all but one part of the family of God and we're all one building fitly free together. And listen, that caused an uproar. And listen, the preaching of the grace of God to the Gentiles uh, and the gospel to the Gentiles uh, is what got Paul put in prison. And Paul was willing uh, to face the difficulties uh, because of his congregation. And I want to say, a man of God that's worth his salt ought to still be preaching the same thing today that he was preaching five years ago before this communist liberal outfit ever showed up. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, we cannot afford to get silent amen we ought to still preach against sodomy somebody say amen we ought to still preach against divorce and remarriage and adultery and we ought to preach against gambling and drunkenness and all those same sins we cannot afford to get quiet on those subjects and i know sometimes we preach that we ought to still preach on dressing right and doing right and living right is that right this morning And I'm going to tell you as a pastor, a, a lot of times it's easy. Preachers can ease up on some things. You know why? Because it doesn't fit well in this day and time. But hey, I remind you this morning, that's what the world wants us to do is get quiet. They don't mind us being against sodomy. They just don't want us saying nothing about it and we ought to still preach against it. I'm gonna tell you a whole lot of good reasons why to still preach against it and they're all sitting right here this morning and they're scattered all throughout the uh, all throughout the church this morning. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, listen, they're a day late and a dollar short and they think I'm gonna quit preaching on, uh, listen, sodomy is sin uh, while they pump their humanism and their evolution and all their wicked agenda in the minds of young people today. They may not be able to go everywhere and hear it, but there's still gonna be a place on the side by the road here in Rossville, Georgia. I don't care if they're marching up and down the street down there. I don't care if they're picking it in the front, but I listen, in the front parking lot. I listen, I love them and I want to see them get saved, don't you? And listen, sodomy is a sin and God loves the sodomite and God will save the sodomite if they'll get if they'll trust him by their grace. But we have a mandate as men of God to keep on preaching no matter the cost. We must keep on standing. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? It's a gross abomination in the eyes of God. And for two men, uh, I was walking through an airport the other day. And, uh, Delta has a sign uh, with two men sitting there in, a, in a two seats together. And, uh, they've got, they're holding hands. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, it makes me wanna puke every time I see it. Somebody say amen. It makes me sick. Now I wanna see them saved this morning. And I want to tell you my family and every probably every family here has been touched by it. And I want to see them get born again but the difficulties because of his congregation. Paul was facing imprisonment for preaching the truth and we may very well in our day, but we must stay on his desire for the congregation, his difficulties because of the congregation. Notice his delight for his congregation. He said, wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory, amen? What is Paul saying? Paul's saying he was willing to suffer for the church, amen? He was willing to face difficulties at the church might advance and go forward for the glory of God. Paul said, don't let my tribulations be a hindrance to you. Let it be a motivation. Let it be an encouragement that I'm willing to suffer, that the glory of the church may go forward, that the church may be stronger. Do you know a church is not going to survive by watered down weak preaching? Amen. I'm not talking about being mean spirited. I'm not talking about getting up and just shearing the sheep every Sunday. You know, I don't believe that. I think we ought to preach everything. We ought to preach a against sin, we ought to preach encouragement, we ought to, every message ought to have doctrine in it, amen, and be long suffering in what we stand and where we stand and how we preach, but at the same time, this is not a time for weakness, amen, this is a time to stand, and we'll see that the apostle Paul was praying that for the church, why? That the church may go forward, and any church that's doing anything for the cause of Christ in this hour is a church that's willing to take a strong stand, in the 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 day that we're living in, amen? We gotta take a strong stand on the King James Bible. Is that right? We believe it without apology, amen? We've got to take a strong stand on old-time worship, on old-time convictions and standards. Why? So the church will go forward. We've got to take a stand on soul winning and propagating the gospel. And as we've heard this week, giving out in missions and supporting missionaries. Regardless of the circumstances, a church cannot afford to be weak in this hour. We must be strong in this hour. And it's because of that Paul knew that if the church of Ephesus was going to be what God wanted it to be, then he felt the weight, the responsibility as a man of God to pray for the church. I want to tell you this morning, every man of God must feel that same weight and responsibility. And every member must feel that same weight and responsibility I want us to look at Paul's prayer very quickly. I'll give you a few things and we'll go to the house. First of all, I want you to see in verse number 14 the purpose of his prayer. He said, For this cause I bow my knees. Paul was praying because of what he said in verse 13. He caused him to pray in verse 14. Just what Brother Allen was teaching about this morning, some of the things he said, the tribulations that Paul was personally going through was the tool that God used to drive Paul to his knees in the next verse to pray for the church. Paul knew that if he was facing difficult times, then he knew the church was going to face difficult times. And so it was the purpose of his... prayer. You see, Paul was not praying uh, just to be praying. Uh, Paul was not praying uh, uh, listen, just uh, uh, just to make noise, Uh, but Paul had a purpose. Uh, He knew that this church was going to face some adversity and so Paul said, I better pray and for this cause, uh, he said, I'm praying for you. Uh, I'll tell you if there's ever been a time when you need to pray for your church, uh, it's the hour that you're living in right now. You ought to pray for Bible Baptist Church every day. You ought to pray for the membership. You ought to pray for the leadership. You ought to pray for the ministries of the church. And I should pray for those same things. I'm telling you, friend, that's the most important thing that we all can do is pray faithfully for our church. Amen. Pray for your church. I praise God for the unity we have in this church. Honestly, this morning, there may be some disgruntlement. I really don't think there is. If there was, uh, it would be so small that I I wouldn't even recognize it this morning. And I thank God that we, I've told somebody this not too long ago, what you see is really what you get here at this church. Uh, There's nothing else to find out later. There's no undercurrent in this church. Uh, I pray against that constantly. Lord, if there even an undercurrent begins to arise, flush it out. I think it's a good prayer to pray. Flush out anything thing or anyone that would stir the devil up uh, and hinder the work of God. Isn't that right? Uh, let somebody else pastor them troublemakers. Uh, let them ones that split churches go somewhere to so some old dead mess uh, where they don't care. All they want to do is fuss and fight. I say put them all in the same ring together. Amen? But we ain't got time for complainers. Can I get a witness on that? We don't have time for somebody that wants to get mad because their name wasn't in the church bulletin. Amen? Or somebody got forgot to wish them happy birthday. I'm telling you, listen, for God's sake, uh, if you're, over the, if you're over eight years old, quit getting mad because somebody didn't wish you happy birthday. Isn't that right? I mean, I, I've seen people, and if you do this, I'm probably getting in trouble here, so forgive me. I'm gonna go ahead and ask for forgiveness in advance. And people take off for their birthday from work. Like, what's that about? That's just basically saying I'm special, isn't it? I had to go to work every birthday I've ever had. You ought to work on your birthday. Amen. I mean if you want to, burn a day on your birthday go ahead help yourself. Don't blow up like a toad frog at me because I said that this morning. I'm just saying hey uh, we live in such a selfish society. That's so much about self. Uh, I promise you uh, it ain't as big of a deal the day I was born to everybody else as it is to me. Amen. Uh, I mean listen nobody uh, listen there wasn't nobody. I don't even know if My parents was excited the day I was born. (laughs) But it happened whether they were ready or not, here I came, amen. I don't know how I got all that, but it's in that verse somewhere. (laughs) Purpose. I don't know what that's got to do with purpose. Pray for your church. The purpose of his prayer. The position of his prayer. Look what he said for this cause. Look what Paul said. I bow my knees. I see in that little phrase uh, the boldness of Paul in his prayer. You say, where's the boldness in Paul bowing on his knee? He was chained to a soldier and he got on his knees. I see the burden of Paul in his prayer. He's on his knees. I want to tell you, nothing wrong with praying, standing up. Nothing wrong with with praying, laying down. There's all the types of positions of prayer and it's more than the position of prayer but in the life of the apostle Paul, we find him in this text. He's on his knees. Uh, That shows his burden, uh, his belief in prayer. Uh, Paul, chained to a soldier. He's crying out to God. I tell you, we need some folks to get back on their knees. Amen. When's the life? time you got on your knees and prayed for your church? When's the last time you got on your knees and prayed for your pastor? When's the last time you got on your knees uh, and prayed for somebody in the house of God? Uh, I'm telling you friend, we need to get on our knees. Uh, I need to be on my knees. Uh, you need to be on your knees. Uh, there may be somebody that says, preacher, I can't physically get on my knees. Uh, the Lord understands that. Uh, but I'm telling you, the bowing of our knee uh, or bending of our knee and the bowing of our head, uh, it's a mark of humility and if you're physically able and if I'm physically able we ought to do that every now and then we ought to do it every day I see here the position of his prayer, the purpose of his prayer. I see the person of his prayer in verse number number 14. He bowed unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He prays in the name of the Sovereign, and he prays in the name of the Son. I'm gonna tell you, if we're gonna get our prayers answered, we're gonna have to come, and listen, the person that we pray in is not in ourselves, but it's in God Almighty and the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Isn't that right? You see, nothing's going to happen in my name and nothing's going to happen in your name and nothing's going to happen in the church's name but everything that does happen it'll happen in Jesus name we pray to the father in Jesus name you see the devil will try to talk you out of praying by telling how sorry and low down you are well just go ahead and agree with the devil we're all low down and sorry we know that but we're not praying on our merit and we're not praying on our favor we're praying on his merit and we're praying on his favor if I prayed when I felt worthy, I'd never pray. You know that? If I prayed when, fe- when I felt like I'd done enough to be heard, I'd never pray. But I don't come in my own name. I tell you, I come in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm gonna tell you there's power in that name. And if we'll pray in Jesus' name, our prayers can and will be answered. Amen. I, I believe that this morning. I've seen God answer two prayers and I want to thank him publicly for it. I've seen him answer two prayers for me this week. And I praise him for that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I see God answer prayer for me every day of my life. It's not that I'm a great prayer warrior. When I go down that prayer list, I could tell you, I could tell you ten prayers that God answers for me every day. You say, What are you talking about? Keeps my ch- children safe. I pray it every day, Lord, keep my children safe. Keep my grandchildren, keep my son-in-law safe. Lord, take care of my wife. Keep her healthy. And every day that we live on this earth that he's healthy, that's a prayer answered. Amen, you say, well, that would have happened anyway. I don't believe that for one second. The devil would love to stricken all of us with something, you know that. The devil would love to kill my family and yours, but every day that goes by, that we turn the lights out and we pillow our head and all the family is safe again another day on this earth. I know that's by one hand. It's by the good hand of God and it makes me every morning say, Lord, keep my family safe. Keep them from sin and Satan. Let them serve you all the days of their life. I pray for those grandchildren's salvation, their spirituality, for their souls. I pray, Lord, God, that they'll surrender and they'll Mary in the perfect will of God. That's my prayer every day for them It was for my children growing up. I'm going to tell you, God answered that prayer. He answered every one of those prayers. And there's a whole lot of other prayers. You see, the more you ask, the more you get. Hallelujah. That's the truth. I take my I got a cabinet uh in the kitchen that it's an unhealthy cabinet. It's the it's terrible. And uh you know, sometimes my kids say, you shouldn't, and I load it up with all kinds of junk, you know. And uh, every time the grandkids come over, they know right where the cabinet is. That little one, oh brother brother Brian, starts, she'll point to the kitchen. We'll go to the kitchen, she'll point to the cabinet. And we go to the cabinet. And there's not anything in that cabinet that's gonna benefit you uh, nutrition-wise. You know the old saying, if it's good, spit it out because it ain't good for you. But I leave the carrots and the, the celery and, and all that. I leave all that stuff up to everybody else. You know I And I'll take them in there and, I, and you know what? I'll say, now you can get one thing and they'll get one and then they'll say, but Papa, can I have this? Well, sure you can. They'll say, well, what about this? I'm like, yeah, you can have that too. <laughs> You know what that is? It's unhealthy, number one. <laughs> they just asked. I See, I went to the cabinet to give them one thing because I know one thing. You say, well, one thing can make them happy is 10. I know that. But I love them. And they asked for something else. Now, I don't give them everything they asked for. I didn't give my kids everything they asked for. But I also didn't deny them. You see, and you can think what you will, but that's biblical. I'm not saying go out and give your kids everything. You know me better than that. But I think you also know this. Your Father's blessed you with a whole lot more today than you deserve. See, I don't give them something because they deserve it. And I know there's time and place for that. I just give it to them because I love them. And a lot of times we live below our privileges in prayer because we fail to ask God, don't give me everything I ask for, but I promise you that He gives me far more than if I wouldn't have asked. He's done things that I know good and well that He shouldn't have done, and He shouldn't do anything, but there's times He's, he's answered prayer that I'm like, I can't believe He answered. Has he ever prayed a prayer and said, I can't believe He answered that? But He answered it. There's even been times I've said, Lord, this is really, I'm not asking to consume it upon my lust, but at the same time, I know it's not a need, and I don't know why I feel just compelled to ask you for this, and, and if you don't do it, Lord, then it's okay. My attitude is right about it. If you don't give it to me, it's all right. I, I'm still gonna serve you. I'm not gonna be bitter over it. I just feel like I, I ask it, and, and he goes and does it anyway. It's a good hand of our God, and I see the, The person of his prayer. See, the people of his prayer. In verse 15, the scope of this family, the separation of this family, as he said, of whom the whole family. That's the scope in heaven and in earth. That's the separation. His name, he talks about the family of God. I want to just stop and say this. I I thank God for the family of God. Don't you thank God for this church? I tell you, don't let nobody poison you about your church. You know, when people leave a church, all they want to do is talk bad about it. You know what that is? That's a good sign they're not right with God. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, just let them go. Let them say what they want to. It doesn't matter what they say. Listen, but don't let your your ear be a garbage can for them to spew all their mess into, amen? Uh, Listen, don't even in the church. If somebody just got a long tongue, I, I don't know or think or hope nobody here has one, but if you've got a friend that all they want to do is gossip, listen, you need to find you another friend in the church, amen? Because I'll tell you what, their negative nelly attitude, if you drink enough of that mess, you say, but I don't talk, I just listen. Well, guess what? Listening in your ear is how it gets in your heart. Did you know that? And you don't have to say or do anything. Just let them pour enough of that junk in your ear and it'll affect your heart. Friend, I'm telling you, I thank God for this church. Don't you? No, it's not a perfect church. Now, listen, I could tell you, listen, 10 things wrong with this church, but I could tell you 50 things right with it. Amen? I choose not to think about what's wrong. I thank God for what He is right. Amen? Man, I'm telling you there's a lot of things wrong with me and there's a lot of things wrong with you but the truth of the matter is I don't deserve to be in the family of God I'm just glad I'm here this morning I'm just glad I'm in the house of God I'd rather be in church than to be anywhere else I know this morning it's good to be in church isn't it I'll tell you what the devil will do everything he can to talk you out of your church attendance because It's a privilege, the people, the petition. I don't have time to preach it, so I'll just give it to you this morning. When you get to verse number 16, Paul asked five things concerning the church all the way down to verse 19. He asked in verse number 16 that they might be strengthened. And he's praying for spiritual strength. I think a pastor ought to pray that for this church, that he grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, notice this, by his spirit. That's the desire of a pastor. It's not that he would have a large congregation. Not that he would have large offerings. But that those that are sitting in the congregation would grow spiritually. Again, I tell you this morning in all honesty and I'm being as transparent as I know how to be. As I pray for you this morning, I also pray for myself. I do not put you under the microscope but at the same time the Holy Spirit will lead a pastor in prayer. There's some of you this morning, I'm concerned about your spiritual well-being. You're a great church member. You love God and there's no question you love me. But I've watched you take a back seat spiritually. You used to testify, you used to shout, you used to smile. Maybe you didn't shout like somebody else, but you used to have more joy. And I see sometimes as a pastor, what kind of a pastor would I be if I didn't care about those things? So, oh, Brother Gradley, now don't get on me. I'm going to get on you. Because I need to. I don't want to. Some of you miss way too much church when you used to never miss church. And sometimes people make little bold statements because they want me to hear them. I and mean, I could retaliate to you, but I'll just face you at the judgment seat about it. I'll let it go. When you miss church, write it down why you miss church. Because when we get to the judgment seat and Hebrews 13 becomes a reality and the Lord asks me what kind of a member you were and why you miss church on a regular basis, give me that list so I can tell Him. You see, this morning I don't say that to be mean. I don't want, I don't want to see you take a back seat. I don't want to see you draw back on God this morning. I want to see you advance. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be worth another paycheck if all I cared about was a paycheck. If all I cared about was a, a, listen, something for myself. No, I want to tell you this morning, when people go away from God and leave this church, I'm going to tell you, there's a part, it rips our heart out. Because you know, spiritually, they're not going to do well. I pray that you'd be strengthened. I, I pray that you would that you might be indwelled. Notice <coughs> what he said. <coughs> by the, his spirit in the inner man. Paul was praying that spiritual revival would not happen on the outside of the church, the body, but on the inside. And can I tell you this morning, that's the desire of a pastor. I, I thank God for, we just had a great camp meeting, didn't we? And I praise God for that. I thank Him for that. But I'll tell you, more than, than having a successful meeting, quote unquote, I want to see people get closer to God. I want to see revival take place on the inside. Nothing probably burdens a pastor more than when you have a great meeting and you, <coughs> you see somebody and some people had to work at night. I understand that. And some people laid out and I, under, I understand that too. <laughs> I said, preacher, why are you so hard on that? I want to see you have revival on, in here. I don't want to see you be like... You know, it'd it's be tragedy if all you did was go to church and did everything on the outside that you was supposed to do. And you did that for decades. Nothing happened on the inside. Our young people, I know you know this, but let God be real in here. Don't do it for your pastor. Don't do it for your parents. And it's a good reason to obey. But don't let that be the motivating factor. Let it be real on the inside. Paul was praying that it would be that they would be indwelled. Paul was praying that they would be rooted. That he said here, that you may be rooted. And he was praying that they would be grounded. You know what that means? Uh, that word grounded means to be established. <laughs> but he said, grounded, notice this, in love. I wrote this down this morning when I read that. God was pray- Paul was praying that they would be rooted and grounded in love. You know what love does? It motivates you, don't it? Love will motivate you to do a lot of things that nothing else will. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love will cause you to go the extra mile. You know why men die for their country? Because they love their country. You know why people are willing to die for their wife, their children? Because they love their family. You know why martyrs died for the cause of Christ? Because they love Christ love motivates us when nothing else will when our love begins to fade guess what we start doing things out of duty rather than love and while that may be commendable to a certain extent it becomes very hard when you go to church out of duty when you sing out of duty when you when you preach out of duty when you just do things out of duty it becomes very difficult but when you're doing it out of love it doesn't really matter what they throw at you it really doesn't matter what the circumstances are you're just doing it out of love and Paul said I'm praying that you be established in love that the number one motivating factor in your life as a church uh, is love. You know why? Because listen, you can't beat love out of somebody. I mean listen, you can lock them up, you can put them in prison uh, but if they love, they'll just keep on keeping on. Paul said the love of Christ constraineth me. That's why they couldn't, they could do anything to Paul but he just kept on serving God. You know why? He couldn't help it. There was an overwhelming love on the inside that said beat me with rods, uh, uh, beat me with stripes, uh, put me on in prison. I'll just keep on singing. I'll just keep on serving. I want to tell you I serve him because I love him. Amen. I want to serve him. I'm telling you love puts a smile on your face and a spring in your step. Love will keep you serving God when nothing else will. Amen. See a lot of sad long faces in church nowadays. Can I be honest with you? I see people in church and in 23 and a half years of pastoring here. Seen it here. I've seen people, they just, they struggle, Brother Jeremy, to just smile. They're always aggravated. They're always mad about something. They're always coming to church with a chip on their shoulder. They're always, uh, they're always frustrated about... You know, life is not going to get any easier. So if you're waiting for things to get smoother so you can quit being frustrated, it is not going to happen. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. When you backslide, you lose your joy. And when you lose your joy, everything sets you off. Everybody ticks you off. You ain't got no joy. But on the other other side of that, when you're right with God, you don't want to be mad. You don't want to be frustrated. You go outside and you got a flat tire, you just thank God you don't have to. Isn't that right? I mean, it's just, if if you're the type of person that you're always in a bind you're always aggravated. I'll tell you what you need. You need a good trip to this altar this morning. And I'm preaching this because I care about you. I want to see Bible Baptist Church stay strong. But I'll tell you, when the church had revival, I'll tell you what the church had. She had joy, didn't she? Is that right? When a church is... I've been here long enough to know when this church is in a spirit revival. You don't have to beg people say amen. Amen. You don't have to beg people, go sing in the choir. I'm telling you, when people are having revival, you don't have to wonder where, they're, they're going to show up early for church. I'm just talking about this morning. Hey, it happens to the best of us. This preacher included. There's been times, there's been times. I'm not, listen, I'm not down on you this morning. I'm just telling you the truth. Let's all be honest with God this morning. That's what we came for. Isn't that right? We come to get real honest, didn't we? Can I be honest with you? There's been times the Holy Spirit has smote my heart. He said to me, Your attitude, son, is not what it ought to be. You're backslid in your soul. <laughs> I'd find me a place. I'd say, Oh God, I don't want that. I want that bitterness. I want that I don't want to get cold. I won't tell you when you're backslid you can find wrong with everybody but yourself. You put everybody under the microscope, but you don't accept self. I didn't know the Lord had me preach like this this morning, but I believe it's of God. Are you grounded in love? Why do you ask you this question? The Holy Spirit asked me. Why do you even do what you do for God? Is it really for Him? Is it really because you love Him this morning? Why are you you at church this morning? Is it because you love Him this morning? That's what He asked me this morning. Why are you going to preach? Are you going to preach because you love me? Are you going to preach because you love them? Oh, I want to preach because I love Him. That you may comprehend. Notice this, verse number 16. I'm not going to finish verse number 18. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And oh, Here it is again to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. Do you know the love of Christ passeth knowledge this morning? And do you know how the best definition to explain how the love of Christ passeth knowledge. The fact that He would love me and you. Can you explain this morning one good reason why the Lord would even love any of us? That's beyond comprehension this morning. You want to talk about the breadth, the length, the depth and the height of love? Go to the cross. And I want to tell you the bottom of that cross in that ground shows the depth. The top of it shows the height, the breadth, the length of it. It's John 3 in verse number 16. When you think about that this morning, that is, my friend, a picture of the manifold grace and the love of God. The breadth of the love of God is for God so loved the world. The length of the love of God is that he gave his only begotten son. The depth of the love of God is that whosoever believeth in him should not perish in the height of the love of God is that you may have everlasting life and Paul said to the church, a bunch of saved people, I'm praying you'll get so smothered. I'm praying you get so wrapped up. I'm praying you get so deep in the love of God and that you pass all knowledge, that God would love me. I'm telling you, it may be dreary on the outside and it may be a little dreary on the inside, but when you think about where we could be and you think about where we ought to be, because of Calvary this morning, that He would love somebody like me, that He would love somebody like you. Why, that ought to get an amen out of a Methodist this morning. And I think that God would love somebody like me and you. All the broken promises. All the past failures since we've been saved. All the disappointments. He's never disappointed me, but I sure have disappointed him. And yet this morning, there's absolutely no question about God's love for me. And I see the possibility in his prayer. Paul said, Now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. He talks about the ability, the action, the abundance and the agent, the Holy Spirit that works in us. And then the praise in his prayer. Notice verse number 21 and we'll be through. Unto him be glory. Notice where he said this. In the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end, Amen. Paul said, I tell you where the glory needs to be at. It needs to be in the church. You know when Ichabod is rode over a church, it means the glory's departed. And I'm gonna tell you if a pastor don't pray for the church, the glory will depart from the church. The glory of God is not dependent on the music program. It's not dependent upon the pastor himself, his personality, his education, his delivery, his ability, his outline, his work ethic. That's not what the glory of God is dependent upon. The glory of God is not dependent on the membership, the size of it. It's not dependent on the offerings, the amount of it. The glory of God this morning, it's not dependent on the programs and the functions and the ministries and the facilities of the church. Oh no, I'm gonna tell you, the glory of God is dependent this morning on a church that prays uh, for just as true as it is about a family that prays together. It's true about a church that prays together. I tell you, we ought to, if we're gonna be a spiritual church, uh, we've got to be a praying church. uh, And you can't expect to have praying membership if you don't have a praying pastor. And I say this morning, we should all feel that responsibility that we ought to pray one for another. Pray for the glory of God in the church. Pray for souls to be saved. Pray for lives to be changed. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. I ask you this morning, what is it that the Holy Spirit expects out of you for the church? Now this morning, everybody can't be a preacher. Everybody can't be a Sunday school teacher. I think sometimes we in our minds, if we're not careful, we think that God is, is calling us to something in our minds is big and great, and he does sometimes. But I'll be honest with you. What makes a church great? It's the behind the scenes. It's the small things. It's what happens in here. Do you know a church can survive well without a song leader? They can. You know, a church can survive well without a, a big choir. Amen. There's a lot of things a church can, can do while churches have even survived without pastors. I went and preached at a church one time in Harford Furnace, uh, Maryland. They didn't have a pastor. Hadn't had a pastor in four years. Couldn't find a pastor. And in that little church there, you know what they were doing for four years? They did it Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. A little group of people of about probably 25 to 30 people, they gathered around the front of the church and, and they had a word of prayer and they sang a few hymns. And they would put in a, a, a cassette tape of someone preaching and that was their message. And they, would, and they were praying for God to send them a pastor. It wasn't God's will for me to go there. But I never forgot that church. For four years, they stayed faithful and they kept assembling themselves together. You say, what held them together? Prayer. When they had no pastor. Prayer is the greatest weapon we have. And this morning as we stand, how's your prayer life? Paul said, church, I'm praying for you. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not much this morning and I've got more faults than I'd ever want you to know but I, I can truthfully stand here today and tell you church I'm praying for you for all the other things I may come up short in but I feel the greatest needs to pray and this morning where are you at with God? Do you need to draw closer to Him? Is your life where it ought to be at? Are you backslid this morning? or Are you lost? I don't know the need this morning in your heart, but I pray that if the Holy Spirit deals with you, would you do business with God this morning? Don't let this invitation pass you by. Let the Lord have his way. Brother Brian, what are we going to sing? I must tell Jesus this morning, page 107, while we sing, if you need to come, you obey God this morning.